Well, good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody good? Let's try that again. How's everybody doing? All right. Amen. Good to see you. Good to be with you guys again. Don, lock the back doors. Nobody's leaving here until we get done. Amen. I've been praying all week, praying for the last couple of weeks for you guys. I've been praying. Uh, I believe I'm filled up. And I just want to pour out, and, and uh, I pray that uh, God uses this word to touch you and to move you where you are to higher ground. And by the way, today my name is not Brian, it's Frank, all right? Because I'm going to be frank with you. I'm going to, you know, be, we're going to open up, we're going to be a little more transparent, amen? Let me open up in prayer. <clears throat> Praise you, Father, for the day. Praise you for a here and now this moment in time will never happen again. And this is an ordained moment. And the people that are here are supposed to be here. The ones who are online are the ones who are supposed to listen. And so, Lord, I pray that you would have your way this morning. I pray, Father, that you would help us to shake off the dust, remove the scales from our eyes, give us ears to hear, and a heart to receive your word this morning. I pray that you would just use me in, in a powerful way let it, let it be your words and not my words. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's kick it off. To, like, one of my favorite things after working a hard day, coming home, not only having my dog Simba greet me at the door, but I walk through the door and I get this wonderful aroma. It might be sauce brewing on the... Uh, Sauce, can sauce brew? I guess sauce on the, on the stove. Maybe there's fresh baked bread going on or, or something in the crock pot. Oh, the aromas, the smells, delicious. And I got to tell you, that, by the way, the, the lead singer, I need to find out who that is. You know, she's, Brenda, <clears throat> she just has the right touch when it comes to cooking. She knows the spices. She knows the seasonings just to make an awesome meal. And I, I think if there's a sixth love language, it's got to be that. You know, the way to Brenda cooks. So cooking is what we're talking about this morning. And over the last couple of months, there's been some cooking going on here. I don't know if you noticed. Can, can, you, can you smell it? Carl, Pastor Carl, Pastor John, Pastor Rose have been brewing up a, a, a great meal. It's a crock pot. Picture it now, it's a crock pot fold with, with chunks of, of meat and, and potatoes and carrots and celery and seasonings. Yusuf, maybe it's got some little extra hot spices in it, right? Can you, can, can you smell it, right? So there's, there's something brewing going on or something good, right? There's all these different ingredients going to it, and I want to do a quick recap of what those ingredients were. So Carl started out in the month of December, and he's been talking about the whole idea of peace. And peace is not found in the absence of chaos, it's not found in the absence of strife and struggles, but it's found in the presence of Jesus Christ. In Isaiah, it talks about Jesus being the Prince of Peace. Acts 4.12 says, there's no other name under heaven by which we are saved. He is... God chose to be the reconciliation to bring God and man together, to bring peace on this earth. And so, the star ingredient 
for our crockpot is Jesus. Right? You guys remember, you remember we watched Beat Bobby Flay? The star ingredient is Jesus. And it always will be. John, Pastor John gave a great sermon and he added in a little bit of perseverance. You know, when he used the scripture, Galatians 6, 9, he says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. And that's so key as us Christians today, walking in a world where we're getting beaten down, walking where every time you turn around, somebody's there to keep you, keep you down. And God calls us to persevere. And we as Christians need to persevere moving forward, keeping our eye fixed on what's ahead of us, right? Not, not looking behind us, fixing our eye on the author and the finisher of our faith, that's Jesus Christ. Rose, awesome word with Rose. Is she here today? She talked about obedience. Sprinkle a little more um, obedience into our lives. Obedience is what we're called to live by. It's not a, a, a suggestion. It's a command. God commands us to be obedient. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, obey my commands. Luke eleven twenty eight says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. So obeying is not just for us, to, for our, because um, we're being commanded to, but there are blessings that reap from being obedient. Then Carl was back into the game again, and he added in a dash of grit to it. One of my subjects that's near and dearer to me, one of my, my email is men of true grit. Right? And, and it's not the grits that you're thinking of in cooking, but it's the idea, or, or, is, as Carl used it, it's a stick to itiveness. It's having a passion and determination to continue towards long term goals through the day to day grind. It's really what we're talking about is having an inner strength. And how do we develop the inner strength? Paul says in Ephesians 3.16, he says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Inner strength comes from yielding to the Holy Spirit. It's, it's not my power, it's not my strength, but it's the strength of the Holy Spirit working in and through me. Guys, smelling it? Have you, have you guys been uh, following the recipe? I hope you have because this is what we're talking about is a recipe for life. We're not talking about food here. We're talking about a recipe for success. So picture this now. We've got this crock pot. It's simmering. We've got the potatoes and we've got the carrots and celery. And I hope you guys have been following the recipe as I have. But now it comes to the point where it's time to take the lid off, time to take the spoon, stick it in, and taste it. So here's where we start to get a little more serious. How's your stew? <laughs> is it tender and juicy? Or is it a little bit dry? How does it taste? Is it robust and flavorful? Or is it a little on the bland side? Maybe even a little bitter? Maybe even tasting kind of stale. How does your stew smell? Does it smell rotten? Or does it have a, 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 a potent fragrance? If you answered yes to any one of these, chances are something's wrong. 
Something got into your stew that shouldn't be there. Some of you may have heard of Eric Little. I think it's Little, maybe Lydell. If you remember the movie back in the 80s, there was a movie called Chariots of Fire. Great movie. Eric Little was a uh, missionary. He was a Scottish missionary to China. And he happened to be also a runner. And the way the movie depicted it was he entered the 1924 Olympics. And he was set to be the, the, he was looked at as the favored one for the 100 meter run. But through his convictions, he didn't run that race. You see, the race was set to be set on Sunday, and he would not want to dishonor his God, our God. So he did not run the race, but they, they gave him another race, which was the 400 meter, and he won the race. Got the picture there? Was that up? And he says, you know, one of the quotes that I love about what he says here, he says, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. When I run, I feel his pleasure. Let me ask you something this morning. Do you feel God's pleasure? Do you feel God's pleasure in the day-to-day mundane things? The day-to-day grind. Shopping at the mall. Being a housewife or a mom. Working. Working with your hands. Driving a car. Painting a picture. It doesn't really matter what it is. Do you, in your everyday life, feel the pleasure of God? You know, I'm thinking of a a scripture that Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10. You guys remember, you know what, you should have that memorized by now, right? Thief comes to kill and steal and destroy. What does Jesus do? He came to give life, right? And life more abundantly. Uh, New Living Translation says a rich and satisfying life. We all have that memorized, I'm sure. We know it, we believe it, but the question for you today is, are you experiencing it? Are you experiencing the the abundant life that God's got for us? The abundant life we're talking about is not the abundant life in the hereafter. Oh yes, that's going to be fantastic, and what a day that would be. But I believe that God's also called us for an abundant life here and now. You may ask, wait a minute, how, how can that be? You know, say, I don't understand this. I'm a Christian. I, I've made Jesus Lord in the center of my heart. How is it that I'm involved with ministry? I'm being obedient to the Word just as Rose preached about. I'm, I'm persevering just like John preached about. I'm, I've got grit now. I'm, 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 I'm buckling down. I'm... I'm but yet I'm not feeling it. How is it that as Christians, there's times where we go through life feeling bland, blah, dry, maybe sometimes feeling indifferent. And I can tell you there's, there should be a huge marked difference between a believer 
in the world. Because we, we have the living God inside us who takes up residence. Of all places he chooses to dwell, he chooses to dwell inside us. Right? There's a scripture I didn't use in the last one I'm going to read is this. In Psalm 16, says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. Where's God? He, sometimes it feels like he's a million miles away. I can tell you there's times where as I walk this earth, there's times where I feel dry. There's times where when I'm praying, I feel as if my prayers are hitting the ceiling. But yet I know that God is right here. Because he inhabits the praises of his people. God is here right now. But are you experiencing his pleasure? Maybe you feel stagnated. Everybody check your pulse. Can you identify with me? Am I the only one going through this? Let me tell you that there's hope today. There's hope. There's always hope. And the hope is in the one that's Jesus Christ. Amen? And listen, to be clear, I'm not talking about depression. Depression is a real sickness, and that's something to be talked about for another time. But what I'm talking about here is really the idea of spiritual apathy. The idea that just you're going through the motions, you open up the Word, and there's nothing. Music is beautiful. People are singing. It doesn't matter what the songs are. It's just you're not feeling it. You're walking around in a sense like a, like a zombie. Let me tell you that the enemy of your soul wants to keep you down. Let's know this. The enemy of your soul can't take your soul. You were bought with a price. He put a grade A stamp on you. You're his. Jesus said, no one can snatch you from my Father's hands. Remember that. See, Satan knows that if he can keep you bogged down in your stuff, then he's going to render you useless for the kingdom. That's true. If, and if you're bogged down from the day-to-day -day grind of stuff, how can you ever... But let me just say this, though. Even in your day-to-day -day bogged down stuff, Yes, God can use you, and God can use you in, in, in a mighty way, but God has so much more for you and I. See, all, anything that Satan has to do is he, he has to give you one thing to put in the pot, right? In fact, he's not putting it in the pot, that crock pot we're talking about, that, 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 that simmering. He gives it to you, and you put it in. Right? He, he can't do anything unless you give him permission to. Right? He knows that a joyful Christian is a dangerous one. That's a great quote. A joyful Christian is a dangerous one. Why is that? Because a joyful Christian, you're unstoppable. You're unmovable. So you're a powerhouse, a force to be reckoned with. You're a mighty warrior that's able to take down strongholds. And so if, if Satan can keep you 
in your own little cocoon can keep you, in a sense, in, in the tomb. Wow. How's your stew? Does it sm- still smell good? Amen. <laughs> See, I believe this morning the, uh, the word that God has put upon me is the call to rise up. God wants to breathe new life into you and I. The church should be flourishing. We're, we're called to be salt and light to this earth. We're, we're called to be the fragrance of Christ. But if we can't get out of our, this battle that we're dealing with, Right? Why would the world want to say, look at, why would I want to come here when you're dealing with your stuff? Don't get me wrong, as humans, we're all infallible. But there should be a difference where they say, wow, I see Barbara, and she's, she's always smiling, she's happy. And Robert, is, is, he, he's awesome. Oh, I can name all you guys, right? And they, the world just look at you and say, I want what you've got. But if they see us bogged down, where's the testimony of that? Can I tell you that, that God wants to put a wiggle in your walk? He wants to put a giggle in your talk. He wants to put a whistle on your lips and a song in your heart. Right? People, I wanted to be that when we leave here, people are going to be like, who are those wiggle-walking whistlers? <laughs> those wascally wabbits? And what I'm talking about here, I'm not talking about this experience where you come here on Sundays and, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, this is... And then Monday, it's back to the grind. I'm talking about something that's forever, as long as God has you on this earth. And I'm talking about something that has nothing to do, as Carl talked about, with conditions. It has nothing to do with whether things good happen to you or bad happen to you. It's that joy that can only come from having a relationship with the Father. That's what I'm talking about this morning. So I believe I have a prophetic word for you that I believe is for the church, it's for here, it's for now, it's for today, and it's for each one of us. And it's found in the book of Ezekiel. It's a pretty cool portion of Scripture when you read it. See, the book of Ezekiel is is a prophetic book. And it really was geared towards Israel. And God raised up this man, Ezekiel, the prophet, and he called him to announce God's judgment to Israel. But at the same time, he also called him, called Ezekiel, to foretell future blessings and hope. This is the cool part. There is hope and there are blessings for those who are in the Lord. So if you, got your, if you have your love letter, if you have your Bible, open it up with me. We're going to look at chapter 37 in Ezekiel, and we're going to read through verses 1 through 14. We've got to read through the whole thing so you can get the whole, the whole portion here. Starting with 1, it says, The Lord took hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. 
And he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord, the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you alive again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Verse 7. So, so I spoke the message just as he told me, and suddenly as, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise. This is the part I think, uh, I know that Sandra loves the song. Is it rattle? <laughs> Amen. Uh, rattling noise across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me, and breath came into their bodies, and they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. This is the, a future prophetic word for Israel that at some point they will come back and come to know the Lord as we know the Lord. They said, Son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. 12 to 14 says, Therefore prophesy to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, O my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and have done what I've said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for this. The word for you today is that God wants to breathe life back into you again. You've been kicked down. You've been beaten down. You've been held down. You've been told all sorts of different lies. You've had a tough year that you've come through. I believe that God's saying for this church to rise up. And we're talking revival. We're talking a, 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 a refreshing a newness of life. God wants to breathe new life into each one of us. You may say all hope is gone, but no, the hope is here and the hope is now. God is in the business of restoration and new life. Can I hear an amen to that? And God has not called you and I just to survive on this earth. He's called us to thrive. We're to be thriving. We're to be growing. We're to be bearing fruit. And what's the fruit he's talking about? Sometimes we get the idea, we're thinking of all these things that we got to do. God wants us to thrive with love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. Those are the fruits he's talking about. If you're going to make a difference in somebody's life, they want to see it. Let me see it in your actions. Let me, 
when we see a word rather than hear it, right? Amen? God wants to breathe new life into you. And I think one of the biggest challenges we face today is dealing with all the negative influences that come in against us. I think this is what's happening while sometimes why our, our crock pot is not doing some well. The negative influences I'm talking about, it could be people. People are a big one. People can say all sorts of negative stuff. They, they say stuff, and what do you do? You take it, you carry it, you hold on to it, and you put it into the stew, right? You may even, you may even uh, tell yourself certain things. I take it, put it in the stew. The enemy of your soul, what is he going to do? He's going to tell you a lie too. Oh, you're no good. You can't do it. You're a loser. No. What does God say? You're not the tail. You're the head. Right? You're, you're, a, you're a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do the works that I prepared beforehand that you would walk in them. That's what you have to think of. But if you think it the other way, it goes into the stew. Right? Stir the pot. Put more stuff in it. Even your past stuff. If you hold on to that stuff, that's, an, that's a negative influence. That's saying to you, oh, you're always going to be beat down. You're always going to be having a problem. There's always going to be a negative. Put it in a stew. Let me tell you something. You can't control all the circumstances of your life. You never will be able to. Things are going to come at you that you, you, you have no control over but you can control how they influence you. That's the key to success of having joy, right? The only thing that matters is what God has to say about you. That's what you have to get down. And he tells you that he loves you. He tells you how much he thinks about you. It's more than the stars and the sand. It's powerful when you think about it. But when you are allowing these other influences to overshadow you, they're stealing your joy. They're, they're robbing you from the, the rich, satisfying life that God has for you and I today. This is the opportunity for a music team to come up. Mike, you here? Amen. All right, while they're getting ready, great story found in the uh, book of John. And this is story, the story of Lazarus. And if you can give you a little backstory on Lazarus, Lazarus uh, was a great friend of Jesus. Lazarus and then he's, his sisters, Martha and Mary. So where I'm going to pick up with the story here, it was at this point that Lazarus was sick. In fact, he was so sick that he had died. And at this point where we're going to pick it up, he's been dead now for four days. He's dead and he's in the tomb. And uh, we're going to pick it up with... Uh, Chapter 11, verse 21, I'll read 21 to 24, and says, And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. I want you to listen to this song, I'll, I'll, get, I'll be right back.
sound stuck in the ground too lost to be found you're just asleep and it's time to leave come on and rise up take a breath you're alive now can't you hear the voice of jesus calling us out from the grave like lazarus Amen. The call is to rise up today. 11, in John 11, 25-26, it says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. 26 says, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? I have two questions for you today. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? This is the opportunity for you to rise up. You're putting your faith not in anything of this world. You're putting your faith into the One who rose from the grave. Right? And who is seated on the right hand of the Father. Right? You're putting your faith in Him. Do you believe this morning? Verse 39 says, that, Roll the stone away, Jesus told him. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, 
He's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. I've always known it as, he stinketh. And yes, dead men do stink. God's called you and I to be the fragrance of Christ. He's called us to be an aroma that's pleasing. Amen? Amen. Verse 43, then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave clothes, and his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. What I want you to do now is I want you to switch places with Lazarus. Jesus is saying to you, come forth, rise up. Whatever you've been dealing with, whatever tomb that you've been walking in and staying down in, God's calling you today. Today is the day. Come out of your tomb. Walk with me, he says. Rise up. I want to breathe life back into you again. There's hope. Jesus wants to unbind you just like Lazarus. Here's the the next question. Will you answer the call? Yes, Jesus is calling, but will you answer the call? Will you say, yes, Lord, that's me. Yes, Lord, I want to put my banner in the ground. I don't want to shrink back. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to the old life. I don't want to walk around like a zombie. I want to walk with you. I'm going to have everybody stand up. Rise up. Amen. Rise up. Today's a new day. God wants to do great things in you. Right? But everybody's heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me pray a blessing over each one of you here. Father, you know each person here in this room, and you know each person listening on the radio or listening on their cell phones. Father, you know where each person stands. You know what they're dealing with this morning. You know, you know their history. You know the things that they've struggled with, the pains, the hurts. You know the lies that have been come into their life, the people that have caused the pain. You know, Lord, you know everything about them. And Lord, I pray you would remove the pain, the anguish, the struggles, and replace it with your perfect love, your perfect peace this morning. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for each person here that you would rise them up from out of the grave of whatever they were dealing with and set their feet on solid ground. Set their feet on the rock, the rock of Jesus Christ. I pray this morning for new life for each one here and then that this is not just for here and now, but as long as you call us on this earth to walk, that we would walk with you that we would not be held to what things people say, but that we would be held and listen to only what you have to say. It's what you think of us. It's what you have to say about us and that you love us. Father, I pray a blessing on each one as they go. Lord, that you would just give them grace and mercy and goodness and favor that would walk with them this day and forevermore. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.